today. We are in a series called Shift. As you can see, we, we, we shifted a few things around this week. I mean, we, we shifted people from sitting far away to shifting near. Hey? Um, I had to, to shift my food around as well this week because apparently I don't eat healthy, according to my wife. So she shifted the menu a bit. And uh, a good job, Alison. Wow. Wow. We love you, though. We love you. So the, the, the series that we are in, Shift, as, as we go into a new season, we have been so programmed over this past few months, this year's, two years that we, we are currently in and the, the year that was passed, to, to kind of get into a place where we, we, we get comfortable in not pursuing much and looking after ourselves and, and keeping our focus as close as possible. But we were never created to just be satisfied with what we have right now. It's one of our values. We aren't satisfied with the status quo. We won't just stay where we are. We're going to move forward and pursue what God has given us. And all it takes is a little bit of a shift. Because shift is not really changing anything. It's to move or to cause people to move. And that is what we are talking about in this series. It's all about just moving. And that's what we want to do. Um, my wife, um, you know, we started, I don't know about you, but I started this health journey um, because she's like, dude, you've got to move. Uh, we, we, we fight in, at night all the time. It's like we've got this really small bed, and I think it's just because I'm big. It's like, just shift up, man. Because every morning I wake up, and she's like, under me, I'm like, what are you doing here? You know, so, so, so we have to shift. Everybody has to shift. We've got to move just a little. And... Um, that is what we are basing this whole series on, is that we've got to shift. What do you need to move in your life to go closer to what Jesus has planned for you? What do you need to shift out of your life to step into what God has already called or spoken over you? It's all about moving things just a little, just a little. Sometimes, you know, you, you sit outside, and we've been having amazing weather I even enjoy the rain, but sometimes you sit outside and the sun beams in, but you just have to shift a little. You still enjoy the warmth, but then the sun's not directly in your face. So sometimes we just need to shift so that we can move, and that is what we want to do. So today, I would like to ask you to turn with me to the book of Titus, and we're going to be reading from verse 1. How many of you guys, when was the last time you got a letter? A handwritten letter, not a letter from your boss saying, oh my gosh, like an email or something. When was the last time you got a letter? Do any of you, is there anybody that remembers pen pals? Is there anybody that grew up in the time of pen pals? I had a pen pal. I don't think I wrote to them once. I got to, I suck at these things, man. Thank the Lord for WhatsApp across the, across the pond. Yeah, I was born before my time. But... What we're going to do is we're going to dive into a letter that Paul wrote, and, and I just want to pull out something from here as we continue with our series, uh, uh, just about talks. We want to talk to you today about how we're just going to shift, and today we want to just find out what it is that we need to shift. So Titus chapter 1, and we're going to be reading from verse 1. This is what it says. Paul a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ 
to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time, and which now, at his appointed season, he has brought to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior. To Titus, my true son, in our common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Savior. Just from that introduction, I would like to just take a few minutes as we discuss shifting from this title. Don't let it stick. Can we pray quickly? So Lord Jesus, we always come before you. and We pray that as we open your word, Father, may we not just see it as letters on a page, but may we understand that it's you speaking to us and into us. Reveal to us your plans and purposes. We ask that you would use your scripture to help us navigate the times that we live in, to grow us, to strengthen us, to encourage us. We ask this in your name. Amen. Let me ask a quick question. I'm going to take a survey quickly, just by a show of hands. Um, how many people sitting here has a nickname, nickname for their significant other? Just by a show of hands. So you don't call, so, so, so like when you're chatting to like your spouse or your, 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 your partner, you don't go call them by their names. That, that is what I'm asking. So you guys got pet names for each other. Okay, like nicknames, cool names. Hey, not, not cool names. Wow. Wow. I, I've, I've got to ask, I've got to ask. Next time, so, so is there anybody that calls their, their spouse babe or love? I want you to try this next time you're walking around in the mall or at a restaurant and someone else goes, hey, babe, I want you to go, yes, and just see their reaction. <laughs> and it happened to me once. We were, we were sitting somewhere. Or I can't remember what we were doing, but I do remember the exact moment when I turned around and I went, hey, babe, and this dude turns around and he goes, yes. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, Okay. <laughs> Let's, let's not do that, but, but we, we, we still do it. And, um, <laughs> uh, or let me ask this question, another survey. I like surveys because I like it when you guys interact with us. If, if you online got a special name for your, your, your lovey-dovey, your leafy, your, um, I don't know, what else do they call each other these days? Jocha. In my house, if someone calls Jocha, people are dying, man. I'm like, we're pulling out doom. We're getting blowtorches. We're we moving, actually. I don't know. The moment someone says Jocha, that's it, man. Kids are gone. We're all out of there. Uh, yeah, let us know what you call your, your, your spouse. But let me ask this. Is there anybody that calls their spouse or their significant other by their real name always? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just about to say that. It's like... Uh, <laughs> They're having their own jokes here in front. Jesus, come on. So um, it, it's, it's, it's really crazy. Like, the only people that call me by my real name are my parents and my family. And, and then again, they don't even call me by my full real name. Okay? Wow. Wow, I wasn't going to mention that in this preach. 
And, and, and so, you know, we, we have to, we are so careful about what we call people. Like when we named our kids, hey, except for my oldest kid, she didn't have a say in that, my wife. I came home and I put down my foot. I said, woman. <laughs> I prayed and I asked Jesus. <laughs> no, but, so, so she didn't have a say in our first kid's name. But every child after that, now it sounds like we have a lot. We only have two others. So the, the rest of our kids, when we, 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 we knew we were expecting new kids, you know what she did? When we went through a list of names, she would take the names and she would go, okay, um, let's abbreviate them. Because she was scared. She wanted to know, she wanted to make sure that when the kids go to school, that when someone walks in there and calls him name, they don't, like, break it up, and then it becomes something weird, like pantoffel. I mean, like, who? it's like, kum kum it. I don't know. She, she was like, I mean, my kid's name is Judah. How hard is it? She goes, she calls him Judes. I'm like, what's a Judes? So, so she kept breaking it up because she wanted to make sure that when someone says or calls them, it's not a name that is not cool. And when I say not cool, I don't mean like cool. I mean, it's like, it's, it's not offensive. And because you guys know for a fact that it's easy for a name to stick. So like, for instance, Milo is not my real name. As Louis, uh, yes, I know. We got married and you're like, you're not Milo? <laughs> but but when my, my, my daughter, she only heard, she didn't even hear my parents call me by my name. So when, we, when we're sitting around the table and we, we're chatting, she asks about my name, and I tell her my name. I have to tell them now. So my name is Heinrich, and everybody calls me Heine. And when she heard Heine, oh my gosh, that was it. She fell on the floor, and she, she lolled, dude. That was hilarious for her. She's like, what's a Heine? And my boys go, well, wait, wait, let's. Blow this out of proportion now. Going back to last week now. But, but you, you, you see, I got the name Milo from sports and became my nickname. And it stuck. And then from sports, I started going to church. And then in church, people associated the name Milo with who I was and what I did. And we got to a place, Ali and myself, we were married, we had our kids already, and we, we were in this church, and we were, you know, it was a really big church, and, and, and something happened that a lot of people that were in school with me started coming to church, and I believe that was just God working in their hearts. And one day, this lady walks into the church, and I just got off stage from preaching, and she walks to one of the ushers, and she goes, can I please speak to Heinrich? And the lady goes, sorry, I don't know who that is. And she turns around and she points to me and she goes, oh, Milo, Pastor Milo. She goes, no, the other guy, Heinrich. <laughs> Luckily, Ellie was close to her. So she goes, it's okay. I know who you are talking about. Because that name stuck to me. And ever since then, I have been addressing myself as Milo. Myself, not myself. There's not more of me. <laughs> the thin me is going to be called Milo as well. <laughs> but but I, I've, I've constantly been addressing myself as when, when we introduce myself, it's like, hey, I'm Milo. So that is just who I, I am. 
as Milo. So it's, it's who I'm identified by. But can I ask you this question? What do you do when you're identified by your worst moment? Hey? By your biggest failure. By the thing people look at and go, oh my gosh, it's that guy. Hey, I, I know it's a strange question to ask, but it does happen. We, we navigate through life and, and, and we slip up or something happens, we forget something. I'm not judging Louis at all, but um, you, you know, and, and then we remember them to the failure, the problem, the sin that happened to them, and it becomes the identity by which we address them. Oh, it's you, that person. How many of you guys have ever been called that? Hey, not, not really bad, but sometimes people don't call you by your name. It's like, oh, you, that person. Hey, you, so-and-so son. You, the one that did this. You are... You see, we, we have this problem in life where people identify us by what we do. And the problem with that is normally when they identify us, it's normally something bad most of the time. And, and that becomes our way of thinking. It's like, oh, I did that, and they're going to know that about me, so I can't do this because of that. And we're getting to the cycle of the way we think about who we are, and it stops us from moving forward. And that is why at this moment we need to shift, and the biggest thing that we need to talk about today is we need to shift the way we think about ourselves, our identity. We need to take what we know and change that, and it can easily become our excuse. Remember last week we spoke about excuses. The way we identify ourselves can become our excuse from staying stuck, but it shouldn't. And as I was reading my Bible, I wasn't even prepping. I was just reading my Bible. It's a good place to be, not just as a pastor, as anybody in life. Just read your Bible. And this passage jumped out of me, this thing that we were reading in Titus, it just jumped out of me, out at me, not out of me. Imagine that. And it hit me. It's like, this was a letter. It's not just a book. He understood there was a problem, and so he wrote a letter to these people. And, and I, I want you to understand the fact that it was a letter, because sometimes we read the Bible, and, it, and, and when we read it, we just read it top level, like these are just words on a page. But Paul understood that there was something happening in this young man's life, and he needed to address something. And so he sent them a letter. Majority of the book of the New Testament, the books of the, are letters that were written to churches or people. It's a letter, meaning there's something happening and we need to look at it. So Paul writes this letter, but it's not the letter that jumped out of me. It's his introduction that grabbed my attention because he introduces himself as Paul the Apostle, servant of God. His introduction is not to brag about who he is. It's to show them whose he is. He doesn't go, hey, this is who I am. He's like, no, 
I am this because of Jesus. I am this because of what he did. So I am confident. How many of you guys are confident in your identity of Jesus? You know, we go, yes, I know who I am in Christ. But a lot of our fears, our failures, can be traced to us not trusting God or our identity in him at that moment. And, and I'm not saying it's you. I'm saying it's me. I mean, there's a lot of times when I'm prepping, I tell my wife, it's like, I got nothing. I can't do this. Yeah, and then that name comes out, Heinrich Bridgens. And then the woman that is this short becomes this big. And then she beats me with the love of Jesus. I'm not fat, I'm swollen. But we need to understand our identity in Jesus. That is a very important point. The important part of who we are as Christians is understanding who we are because when life changed for him, he didn't go into depression. Because when, when you know, things happen to us, we can think, oh my gosh, I did this bad thing. And then we slip away. Because that happens to a lot of people that get saved. It's like, I'm saved, but you know my past. But he goes, no, wait, 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 wait. I am saved. Do you know my future? Do you know where I am going? Because God needed him to do something. Making sure our identity is in Christ is the most important thing because without it we are plagued by fear, insecurity, uncertainty, doubt. Because we're always going to try and live up to something. Uh, in my life, I've been, I don't know how long I've been preaching. It hasn't been like two years. No, I'm just joking. Um, I started off as a youth pastor, and I was invited to go and preach at this youth camp once. And I've, I've, I've used this illustration once, but this one time I get asked to preach at this youth camp, there's all these kids, and I'm excited to preach, was the worst preach of my life. Kids, I, I really felt like Paul, people falling off their chairs. <laughs> Because they were so tired. Man, I don't think we're tired. I think I was that boring. Man, I, even afterwards, Ellie came back from her session. like, man, that was great. How was yours? I'm like, I didn't preach. <laughs> uh, it, it was one of those. How many of you guys have experienced that? You, you step into a moment and they're like, <gasps> and that happened to me. I remember there was another time. We were in a church and we started an evening service. And I had to preach at the, the, the evening service. Man, and I told you this. It was so bad. Even my mom went, dude, that was bad. <laughs> Do, do, do you know I still get reminded by certain pastors about that evening service? They walk up to you and they go, Milo, do you remember that evening service? Do you know how that can actually stop you from pursuing greater than what God has for you? Because that is what happens in life. We get labeled by something we've done and it sticks on us. And this is what we learn, and, and this is something what I want you to grab hold from what Paul said in his introduction. I am because of who he was, because of what he did. So in order for us to move forward, Paul goes, and, and I've got to stress this out, he's constantly reminded about what he's done. Because he, get, he starts preaching in the book of Acts. And the first thing people go, but isn't he the guy that persecuted the Christians? In, in the book of Galatians, 
um, he, he's writing to this church and he goes, let me just remind you of what I used to do. You would have heard that this was my past, but he never stops there. He keeps moving forward. And that is what we need to do. No matter how hard it is, no matter what people has moved on, um, um, like placed on you, don't let it stick. And the only way we can do that is if we move beyond it. You can't stay where they've labeled you. You've got to move beyond that. Because if you stay there, you will die. What is that it? That thing people have identified on you. Milo, you're a bad preacher. No, that was a bad preach. I'm not a bad preacher. I'm called by God to tell people about him. Alison. Oh, no, no, I can't say that. Milo, you're a bad cook. As you can see, she's not a bad cook. <laughs> Milo, you're a bad cook. No, that was a bad oven. <laughs> there was wrong instructions. The recipe doesn't work. I'm a great chef. You've got to move beyond it. Because if you stay at that moment, you will never move forward. You will never experience what God has for you. If Paul had to stay in that moment of understanding, like, this is what I did, we would not have the letters to inspire us, to encourage us, to tell us it's not about what they've called you, it's about who's calling you. That is why Paul addresses them and says, this is who I am, not because of what I've done, but because of what God wants me to do. I, I love Psalms 23. It says, you know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, how many of you guys know people can cast a big shadow over you? An event becomes a shadow and it can become so dark and it can just hang over you. But that scripture starts, though, though I walk through it. Not as I walk and have a break. You've got to keep moving. Move beyond the point. Don't just stay there. Because if you stay there, it will become the value of your death, of your dream's death, of the word spoken over you, the death. You've got to keep moving. Yes, there will, there will always be instances. There will always be a, a, a place where, where something happens and people are going to go, hey, it's that guy. I remember um, I, I was playing action cricket once again, another team building. As you can see, I love team buildings. So much fun. And uh, we, we had an action cricket tournament. It was a mixed teams tournament. And, and we were playing with the work, for the work, with the work, for the work. In any case, we were playing action cricket. And we had, it was our turn to go into bat. And man, it was a great match. This one we actually won. So I come into bat, and I'm like the, the second pair which means there's like two more pairs after us. And as I'm batting, in the middle of the opening first over, I step out and I'm going to whack this ball to thy kingdom come, and my pants tears. But it's, it's not those subtle tears, you know, by the seam at the back. No, it felt like the Hulk. The thing shattered, man. Well, poof gone. I was like, what the heck, man? Like, it's, it's too late. The kids are sleeping. Ellie can't leave them alone and bring me clothes. No one can go to the house. It's like, what do you do? You carry on playing. 
I played through that. It's like, <laughs> that is why we won. And people would come up to me like weeks after that. It's like, how hey, are you the guy whose pants broke? I'm like, yeah, but we won. <laughs> See, you've got to move beyond. If you stay there, you die. At that moment, I felt like dying. <laughs> I'm like, there's only my wife that's seen above the knees. <laughs> Speedos weren't made for everybody. <laughs> but we continued. We played. You've got to keep moving forward. Don't stop when things look awful. Don't stop when they label you. You can't let it stick. And the only way you can't let it stick is if you keep moving. Move beyond it. Move beyond what people have called you. Because it's easy for you to take something and make it your identity. I'm just the embarrassment. I'm just the runt of the litter. Gideon did that. God said, I want to use you. Gideon says, I am the least of everyone. God says, mighty warrior. He goes, prove it. Don't allow your labels to keep you stuck. Quickly, turn with me to the book of Luke. I just want to show you something. Luke chapter 7, from verse 36. This is what it says. A woman in that town... Hey. <laughs> Like, you read that story and we go, I know where this is going. <laughs> a woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. Paul starts his letter with Paul. He names himself. Here we start this reading with not a name, but with an event. A sinful woman. Something that she's labeled by. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is. That she is what? A sinner. They placed a label on her. She comes to Jesus with a label. She doesn't have a name. She's a sinner. She knows it. She's a sinner. They know it. She's a sinner. Jesus knows it. But you know what she does? She's so desperate for Jesus that she moves beyond what people know about her. What are you desperate for God to do in your life that you're not going to care about how good you are, about what you've done, about what has happened to you, about what people call you. Because when you're desperate, nothing can stop you. Have you ever seen a hungry person? Nothing stops them from trying to get something to eat. You've got to keep moving beyond what people are calling. If she had stopped and turned around, we would have never had an encounter that tells us, no matter what's going on in your life, all you need to do is come to Jesus. She moved beyond it. We need to move beyond it. When we find ourselves in our darkest place, when our identity is reduced to nothing but our sin, don't allow it to stick. You've got to move beyond it. Because you need to understand this. You are more than that. 
You are so much more than what you do. You are so much more than what you've done. I don't know, how many of you guys get introduced to people and the first thing they go is, Hi, Milo, I'm a doctor. Okay? I've met a lot of people from where I come from and the first words to me is, Hi, my name is so-and-so, a drug addict. I'm like, are you still on drugs? No. I used to be on drugs. So why do you say that? What happened in your life? And after chatting to them, it's like, no, Jesus saved me and he cleansed me. I'm like, it's your testimony. It's not your title. Who are you? You are more than that. Moms, you are more than just a pickup Uber service. Dads, you are more than just an ATM. We laugh. But sometimes just those small mundane tasks can overwhelm who we are and we associate ourselves with, that is all I can do. But we have to know that we are more than that. You might be an Uber driver, but man, can you praise and worship in that car? I've seen moms. <laughs> Dad, when you're walking over to that ATM, you're the best person to prophesy in their lives. It's like... What I give, they're going to give seven times back. (laughs) You're more than what you do. You're more than what you've done. You need to understand you are more than that, that the king of the universe would send his son to die for you. So you can't go and live with a life that says, but I'm only. Only saw a giant fall only changed a nation, only walked on water when no one did. We need to realize that we are so much more because your worth is not found in your work. Who's got a hundred rand that they want to give away? No one. Okay. But in any case, I'll use the illustration. How many of you know a hundred rand is worth a hundred rand in South Africa, right? So if I take a hundred rand and I give it to my kid, how much is it worth? My kid takes it and he frummels it up and he gives it to his brother. How much is it worth? Okay, so it's at Jaden. If Jaden takes it and he throws it on the floor and he forgets it there, how much is that 100 rand worth? Rebecca comes. She goes, look, I find 100 rand. Dad, how much is this worth? It's 100 rand. So no matter what happens to that note, it's worth 100 rand. So why do we reduce us to what we've done or what we've been through or what has hurt us or what has broken us? You are so much more. Yes, I know some of our things that we go through is real. But if we spend time praying to Jesus daily, reading our Bible daily, we will understand that he will show our worth is not in who we are. Our worth is made by who he is. So I challenge you today, if you're going through something, at home, if you're going through something, if you feel like, man, I can't carry on living, I can't move forward, I don't know what to do, I challenge you, for the next week, every day, set time aside to read your Bible and pray. And I don't want you guys to just pray, Lord, may we have a lovely day. Bless this food. Be real. Who else can you be real with? This lady was real. This lady, she goes, it's not about what I am going through, it's who I am going to. Because our going through can stop us, but when we know who we're going to, it's going to keep us moving forward. 
that's going to keep us going. So don't stop when you've just prayed on Monday. Don't stop when you've prayed on Tuesday. Keep praying until Monday again. And then reassess what is happening in your life. Because we need to understand that we are so much more. You see, she didn't care about what they thought. All she wanted to do is get closer to Jesus. She just wanted to get closer to Jesus. Shift the way you think about who Jesus is. He loves you. How many of you guys know, no matter if someone loves you, no matter what you do, they always want you to come to them. They always want you to be in their presence. And that is what Jesus does with this woman. Don't limit what you can receive because of the way you think about yourself. This morning I was chatting to the worship team um, before, and, and, and man, I was just enjoying worship sitting there. But I had to tell them, they are more than just a musician. They are so much more. There are people that lead us. There are people that bring down the presence. There are people that, when they sing words, are prophesying. They are more than just someone making a noise. And we need to understand you are more than that as well. Because what we need to find out is, and, and, and pack into our minds, that Jesus will change it. Jesus will change what label you have on you. Um, who is Mr. Fix-It over here? Well, who builds stuff? Louis, I know, I know Michael builds stuff. Um, I, I can't build things to save my life. If God asked me, hey, Milo, I'm changing your name to Noah, I'm like, wrong person, dude. <laughs> Even Noah was better qualified. No, you see, but don't change your mind to that. We always go, no, take it to that person. Take it to this person. Ask that person. But how many of you guys know when my kids' things break, who do they run to first? Dad. Why? Because dad will fix everything. Super glue is amazing, people. His arm never does this anymore, but hey, dad is amazing. But you see, Jesus will change it. Jesus will fix it. Did you know he's been in the business of changing things as you read through the Bible? Let me show you here quickly. He changed labels. Abram went from being childless and he changed it to Abraham, father of a nation. Jacob went from deceiver to Israel, God's chosen people. Simon went from frightened and really weird to Peter, who Jesus called the rock. Saul goes from Christian murderer to Paul, gospel carrier to the Gentiles, Bible writer, life changer. He changed them. What people stuck on them, Jesus goes, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Move beyond that. Know that you are more and watch me. I will change it. We've got to constantly run to Jesus. You see, people will look at what you have done. Jesus sees what you are going to do. I want to close it for this quickly. Check this out. In Luke chapter 7, 48 to 50. Still busy with this woman. She comes to Jesus as a sinner. And this is what is. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sin? And Jesus 
moves beyond what he, they say. He looks directly at her and he says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. She walked in broken, spat out, used, abused, a sinner. She left forgiven, loved, made whole, given a purpose. Where you are is not who you are. It's a moment in time. Who you are is who he says you are. And how many of you guys know Jesus looks at us and he goes, I love that one. I died for that one. So God looks at us and he goes, my son, my daughter, plans and purpose, kingdom carriers, don't let what the world puts on you stick because what God has for you is so far greater. Keep moving. Move beyond it. Understand that you are more because Jesus will change whatever situation you have. Don't accept what the world says you are. Can we pray quickly? Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you change us. You change us from lost to family member. You change us from broken to brand new. And, and today I pray that we will grasp that, that we will shift our identity from what keeps us stuck to an identity in you that can do nothing but move forward, grow, achieve more. I pray that you would bless us in everything that we do so that we know our worth is in you and it's so much more than what people think about us. Father, right now, every, and, and I say this every week, I know for a fact there are dreams here that you guys are itching to see come to life. I know there are, are ideas that you guys want to try. I know there are words spoken over you that you want to go, I want to do this, but you are too scared. I'm saying, you know what? You've got to try it. Move forward. Keep trying. Don't let it die. Don't let it stay stuck. Pray that Jesus will encourage you to pursue that. Because now's the time that we need to stand up. Pray, I pray, Father, I pray right now is the time over everybody that you would stir up something in each of us. Because we know we are the change that this world needs to see. So stir it up in us. Give us boldness. Give us confidence. For those going through things that we feel we can't move forward from, Father, I pray that you'll heal them. Touch their hearts. Holy Spirit, minister to them right now. Wherever they are, whatever they're going through, may we know that we can always run to you. And you will help us. So we ask this. We will always run to you and not from you. Bless everybody here today, Lord Jesus. Amen.